good to be back. Now, when we last spoke to you, and I promise I won't choke on my cup of tea this time. I've just yeah. finished it, so I won't be choking <laughs> on it again right at the start. That, that, track... was, a, that was an iconic entry to one of our interviews. Is Cam just, just choking on tea and, and you just yeah, he's giving him hell for it. It was great. You should do that as the repeat, basically. <laughs> you just start choking on your tea every time that you uh, interview. I've got my water bottle next to me, so maybe I'll, I'll go for a chug. <laughs> throughout the interview and I'll <laughs> spit it all over my laptop and being a very expensive mistake. But um, that one we just heard, finish what you started. It is one of my personal favorites. And as we sort of mentioned last time, it's one of the changes in your songwriting. You want it to be a bit more personal. You want to be a bit more open with your songwriting. The album is set for release the 29th of June. So it's coming around quickly. Are you starting to get nervous with that just around the corner? Yes, I definitely am. I think it's been nice to have a little bit of time in between having the record completely finished and then have a little bit of time to step back from it and then go back and actually have a listen to it from front to back again. Cause yeah, I mean, definitely some of these songs on this record are the most personal messages, I guess I've, I've written to the public, whether people will pick up on it. I mean, there is definitely a couple of songs that are just speaking like a conversation to myself basically. So, I mean, they're, they're pretty straightforward, but yeah, it was pretty confronting on some of these songs, but I needed to say it for myself and I needed to get comfortable with that. You know, I still write in a way that I don't necessarily always want to tell people exactly what it's about. You know, I want them to be able to pick up on what these songs mean to them. You know, I think that's the greatest thing about art is not necessarily what it means to me is going to mean the same thing to somebody else. So I don't necessarily always want to paint that picture for them. But for me personally, listening to these songs, they're, they're definitely the most confronting songs that I've written for sure. Yeah, I suppose your music has always carried like, well, for me personally, like a sense of emotion, you know, it's emotive, it makes you feel stuff, even just the way you produce it. But did it feel like a really big step? Was it quite difficult for you to kind of step out and, and have the whole thing just being like a blurt presentation of the inner workings and, and some of the deepest parts of you? Yeah, definitely. In the past, even when I've written songs, I've danced around the lyric, the lyrical content even. For me listening back to it, I'm like, I really covered up, you know, what I was trying to say quite well. But I mean, in, in saying that last record, I was on a, I mean, I was definitely going through certain things and I just wouldn't say I was in the rut that, that I felt I've been in in the last two and a half years. Don't get me wrong, this record isn't just a complete, sad record from front to back there's definitely some some happy moments in there as well i just needed to do this for me i think you know i'm i'm my own worst critic when it comes to this stuff and i've always bounced around what i really wanted to say and i think it's been a really good thing for me to just go you know what you don't need to bounce around it just say it how it is i mean even i've shown these songs to a few of my friends not even telling them what it was about and they just picked up on it straight away they they were like man i i knew you were there at that present time like i can tell when you wrote that song I reckon it was at this present time in the last two and a half years so to the people that are close to me I I think they're thankful that I've done this for myself I think I'm going to come out a better person because you know I, I clutter so much in my head that I think this is the best way for me to get it out you mentioned you don't want to paint the whole picture for everybody but maybe you're just drawing the outline and those closest friends of yours can certainly fill it in the same way that you were in at that point in time for anyone else they can color it in the way that they would like to. You mentioned to us off air that this album, well, you had a couple of albums that you sort of scrapped 
you know, this was originally meant to be released in 2020 and then obviously COVID hit and everything that's happened since then. Have there been tweaks to the album in the meantime? And has that sort of shaped your motivation behind wanting to write this album, wanting to be a bit more personal because everyone has sort of been isolated with their own thoughts for the last couple of years? Yeah, well, the only song that I kept on the record that was kind of there from the start was Dream. Everything else that I've written, I've written September last year. So between September and February when I had to have the record done, that's the whole album done. And the rest of it I scrapped. So I scrapped two two lots of records before this one came to listen, I guess, which is pretty crazy. So I've got all these songs just sitting there and may never see the light of day. <laughs> well, can we get writing credits? Because we spoke to you in September last year, <laughs> so we think our conversation might have motivated everything that's happened since. <laughs> Probably. You know, you might you might pick up a song on the record about choking on a cup of tea. You never know. <laughs> now, last time we spoke, which we've already touched on, was September 2021. You had just played your first show in about five months. You'd recently moved to the Gold Coast. You'd played your first show, and you'd told us that you are feeling very, very sore. How has that adjustment been returning to touring again? Well, I thought I was getting better until I just went over and played Coachella with Hayden James and I was only on stage for four minutes and I came off and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. So I don't know (laughs) how I've gone from playing an hour show to four minutes of a song and still feeling like I'm about to have a heart attack. So I definitely need to work on work on that. I think I need to stop drinking so much red wine and go back to, to training. The jet lag. Uh, yeah, I'm going to blame it on the jet lag, but I, let's be honest, it's not the jet lag. It's, it's the wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did see the video of that Coachella song you did there with Hayden James. Which, uh, we, we do want to hear about that as an experience. Imagine it would have been amazing. But I can see why you came off with, you know, a concern about a heart attack because you were just going ham on that. And it looked like so much fun. So what was the, what was the whole experience like for Coach I imagine that, you know, that's like a once in a lifetime. Well, hopefully not for you, but if you know what I mean, it's, it's like the pinnacle for, for a live show. It is. It's definitely a, a pinnacle for me. I mean, when Hayden first asked me to come over and do Coachella, I thought he was joking. I, I was just like, yeah, man, sweet. You know, I thought he'd had a couple of wines and just was saying it on the fly. And then literally two days later, I got the email from his manager going, hey, are you in for Coachella? I was like, oh, crap, this is actually happening. Coachella is like top of the pyramid, you know, especially for Australian musicians. I mean, you know, for us here in Australia, you've kind of got your splinter in the grasses and your falls and your groove in the moves and beyond the cities and grasses greeners, you know, like they're the big ones here. But when you start talking to Coachella, like it's just a whole another level. Now, you, we mentioned that upcoming tour with Hayden James. You've also got your own tour coming up as well as part of this new album release. What's it been like sort of forming that connection with Hayden? Well, Hayden and I didn't even physically meet each other until beyond the city. So we'd already written free and lights go down together and we wrote those literally just over zoom and facetimes um from two different studios i was working from the gold coast and he was in his studio in manly then all of a sudden the beyond the city lineup came out and we were both on and we were so excited to finally meet each other for the first time and then literally a week before beyond the city is like hey do you want to do free like i know it's not going to be out until next year but we're going to be on the same build do you want to play it together and I was like yeah sweet sounds sounds great thinking that there was going to be some sort of rehearsal 
And then I never heard a thing. So I thought, oh, well, he hasn't worried about playing it. I guess we're not playing it. And then I meet him backstage and he's like, are you excited for tonight? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, we're playing free. And I'm like, we haven't even rehearsed it. And he's like, ah, we'll be right. We'll be right. So we go out to 18,500 people and play free and it couldn't have gone any better. Hence probably why he didn't even want a rehearsal for Coachella, the biggest bloody festival in the bloody world. And it's been amazing. Like he's become a really close friend, someone that I honestly listened to and respected a lot in the industry even before I knew Hayden. So to be writing music with him is just an absolute honour. And not only to have two songs on his record, one of the songs that is ended up on my record, which will be the fourth single coming out, is a song that I wrote with Hayden and with Jay as well. Jay was also a big part of writing that song with me called Real. Basically what happened was we started, he first sent me this um, music for Real, loved it. I didn't hear back from Hayden for about a few weeks and then called me and told me that he'd lost the whole session. So everything that we'd written, he lost it. So he's like, but I've got a new song. Do you reckon you could write on this? So which ended up being free. But I loved and had an old demo of Real on my phone. And I was like, hey, do you mind if we replicate this and basically rebuild it and put it on the boo record? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. So it's amazing to have collaborated with him on his record and have him on, on my record as well. It's, you know, dream come true. It's great. That's cool. And speaking of losing things, Newcastle is set to lose its premier. Don't music. bring it up. Don't bring it up. <laughs> I have to ask you, the Cambridge Hotel is closing. Last time we spoke, you said it was about the only venue in Newcastle which actually supported you when you started out. How do you think this will actually impact the local scene in Newcastle as itself, but then also, I guess, a lot of national touring bands stop there as well? There's a part of me that's hoping that it's not, going anywhere because it's we got real. told it's that, not real yeah because it we got told that it was going i think three or four years ago mm. and it's still been around but you know now it's it sounds like it is officially going and i'm devastated that literally is the core music venue of newcastle i mean there is other ones i mean bar on the hill is definitely another one that's been around for a long time and has supported a lot of music but when it comes to like if you want to go and see live bands every weekend in Newcastle, you go to the Cambridge. I mean, it it really is the core of Newcastle music and it's just crazy to think that we're going to lose it. Like there's so many amazing memories in there. Like that would probably be the first sold out show that I did in Newcastle, not even before Boo Seeker, I was in another band and I probably played that venue 40 times with that band and I've probably done it 20 times with Boo and it's just I I think I can safely speak on behalf of not only myself and every other Newcastle musician but also every other Australian band and probably international band that comes and tours Australia and they know that when they play Newcastle they play the Cambridge and it's just it's going to be a massive loss. I've actually rang them and said please let me come back and play before it gets knocked down because it's going to be a sad, sad day for me, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 so disappointing. I mean, and this news felt like it came pretty hot off the heels of Lansdowne and they're both closing for similar reasons. They want to, like, change it into accommodation where they can presumably make more money off of it. And and it just, just does make you, you think, like, we should have, 
you know, like the, the Cambridge and similarly the Lansdowne, they're cultural institutions in their respective cities. And they, have, like you said, they've got so much history. It's like we should be we should be finding ways to protect and like immortalize places like that because they hold literally the history of a city in within those walls. It's it's just very disappointing to see these decisions constantly made. Why are there? Like, there's plenty of other land that I'm sure they can build a damn skyscraper on. Like, leave leave it alone. <laughs> like, you're going to knock it down. Like, I mean, if you're building on top of it and it was like, hey, we've got an epic live venue at the bottom and it's like I couldn't think of anything better if you were wanting to do accommodation that was for university students, put 500 university students on top of an epic live venue so every uni student could come down and watch live music, you know, every week. But... I just don't understand. You mentioned other venues in Newcastle. They might perhaps benefit from this. They might be the go-to venue. Or do you think perhaps, you know, the Central Coast where we are might have an opportunity to try and take some of that attention from Newcastle down here because we're far enough removed from Sydney. You know, we're sort of in between Sydney and Newcastle. Do you think perhaps the Central Coast could benefit from this? As sad as it is, obviously, but is there an opportunity for the coast to capitalise on this? Well, for me, it was like... If there was anything that was going to come good out of the last two and a half years of the music industry being absolutely diabolically dead, it felt like, to be brutally honest, I was hoping it was going to go back to, you know, the days that you hear people talking about live bands touring from a Tuesday to Sunday Mm -hmm. every week, you know, and more venues opening up to be able to have live music and touring bands playing. I, you know, w- when I first started, when I was, I'm going to sound like I'm really old and I'm really not, but when I first started touring and playing live music in Australia, uh, sorry, not in Australia, in Newcastle when I was at school, there was probably 10 venues that would have live international and national touring bands and it just diminished to just being the Cambridge. Basically, that was the last one standing. And I felt like with all the music that we've lost and been able to tour over the last two and a half years, I was hoping that it was going to go back to being able to literally go on tour and be able to play Tuesday to Sunday because people are wanting to go out and see live music again and being able to hit Newcastle, Central Coast and Sydney. But now we're losing that. So, I mean, look, it is going to be incredible for the Central Coast and and you guys have got a great – I feel like you guys are starting to – bring up a, a better music scene on, on the Central Coast than what Newcastle had. And that, I think, to me, is the most depressing thing because there was more venues on the Central Coast to go and play than there is in Newcastle. For Newcastle, there's only one. But for you guys, I feel like there's there's probably about four or five for me down there that I feel you can go and play and see live touring bands. Yeah, I mean, really, you want everyone to rise together because we all have the same interests as well. My hope is that, you know, as much as it's sad to lose a history, hopefully that it, it promotes something else springing, springing up there in Newcastle. And there are still going to be a whole bunch of musicians that want someone to play and a whole bunch of music fans who want to go watch there. It'll be sad if Newcastle starts getting missed on the touring circuit, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it shouldn't happen. We are about to hit play on your latest release, Next to Me. Before we hit play on that one, you mentioned before that, you know, you were in that kind of, you felt like you were in a bit of a rut between and a half years and then what you've just detailed to us in, in this chat now is you know you've played Coachella you're collaborating with some awesome artists you've teased that you've got some other crazy collaborations in the works it's exciting got an album out you want another album out in a year so Ben are, are you back in like you know you're clearly out of the rut and how does that feel incredible <laughs> uh, yeah as cliche as it sounds and not to just not come up with a crazy answer it's just 
it is incredible to be back. You know, I mean, I think there was a time there, not only for me, but I think for everybody else in the industry that were like, is this industry even going to come back? For me now on the other side and being able to have an album coming out, another album in the works already, all these collaborations, going and playing Coachella, what haven't I got not to be excited about? Like it's it's finally like life is back on. People have put me back in, you know, I've finally got back into sixth gear and I'm ready to go. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to just hopefully we don't have to go through this crap again and we can get out there and enjoy everything that we love about music, not only playing it but also listening to it together again. That album you mentioned is called Between the Head and the Heart, released on the 29th of June. So it's coming around quickly. This track is called Next to Me. I won't ask you what it's about because you won't want to paint the whole picture. Do you want to do the outline for us or we'll leave it at that? I'll say one thing about this song and it's very, very simple. This was the, a song that Jay brought to me. Uh, the record had been done. Again, we were already <laughs> having arguments about what was going on the record and what wasn't. And then Jay brought me the loop of the chorus and I just instantly fell in love with it. Jay and I wrote the whole song in a day. I rang the producer. He just threw up his hands, didn't want anything to do with it because he was like, bloody hell, we've got to record another freaking song that we've just done. <laughs> but to me, I wanted this song on it because when he first showed me it, it brought celebration into my ears of wanting to hear this song just played at a festival, as simple as that. You know, it was just a happy, didn't have to think too much about it and just celebrate music being back, really. Well, here it is. It is called Next to Me, Boo Seeker. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. We really appreciate it.